Welcome to Australian Hunger, I am your host Ben. On today's show I've got an interview with Scoparia, progressive metal band from Hobart down in the very, very south of the country. Their album Renewal is out now. Um, just before that, uh, um, um, these episodes have been a little bit brief just because I've got so much going on. had five interviews last week, got three interviews this week. I'm still not uh, holidays, I'm still not quite settled into a good rhythm, but hopefully we'll get there. Just a follow-up thought that I actually had to where I want this show to go. I'm not sure if this show's going to get there, because like, it's kind of difficult for a couple of reasons, and I'll explain. But like, something that I would love if this show could kind of add to the, to the whole mix is maybe more banter with some of the guests. It's like more discussion about kind of random topics as opposed to just the things that they've worked on recently. That's kind of a little bit difficult because to have banter, you kind of need to know someone a little bit. And by definition, all these conversations are kind of up front. Like I get to know someone and two minutes later I'm asking them questions about their band and their life. So it can be a little bit difficult. And also, you know, not everyone's comfortable doing banter. Like even if theoretically someone came on the show... I don't know them, but they're comfortable doing banter. That's not going to be everyone every week. So, like, I've had some brief little back and forth with some of, I think, the imperfectionists. We were talking about Broken Side with Sim from Seams, who we recorded a two-hour interview with. Um, we had a little bit of conversations before and after. Really, really fun, and I think that could add a little bit of flavor to the show. But I, that's the thing. Can I do it? Like, is it? possible and with the current construction of the show maybe not but who knows it's something to think about so i talk with all the guys from scoparia something you don't get very often with a band with five members but yeah really really great chat about the new album renewal um the tracks that i played during the interview were first up renewal second up fallen and last track at the end of the interview is elucidity this is scoparia Guys, can you introduce yourselves and what you do in the band? Uh, my name's Ben Ridges, and I'm the vocalist. Um, I'm Luke Tucker, and I'm one of the guitarists. Uh, Alistair Boone, bass. I'm Charlie Wood, and I'm the other guitar player. Yeah, I'm Josh Bowling, and I'm the, the drums, or skins. Let's, let's start at the beginning. When did the band begin? How did, how did it start? Uh, well, um, it sort of began... Oh. Roughly a few years ago, I can't remember the exact date. Would have been around 2013, do you Yeah, I think yeah, so. 20, but uh, basically, the the band started out with um, myself and um, Jason Maurice, who's not with us anymore. But um, yeah, and then Josh Bowling joined soon after that, and then the rest is history. Luke and Alex there joined later on, and we've also got our newest member Charlie, who is our latest guitarist. Yeah, I've been in the band since, what, about March or April, March? No, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, after April. That, yeah. So he's um, getting to grips with the songs. And yeah, everything's going really smooth. But how did the name come about? Uh, Scapari is uh, uh, the name of a plant that grows um, in the highlands of central Tasmania. And basically it's this prickly bastard of a plant and you, you don't want to go near it at all because it fucking stings Sums up but nice. uh it, it's a it's a beautiful plant to look at so i think uh that sort of encapsulates the nature of our music somewhat and we sort of tried to work that in with the way we have the artwork as well yeah like even on the renewal cover 
that sort of like first Kapari plant combined with a snake. How would you describe the the sound of the band uh, and what are the influences that have gone into that? It's a, it's a good question. I suppose one of the really like heavy influences would be kind of early Opeth and stuff. I and mean, we're getting a lot of yeah, comments definitely. recently from sure. this album saying that it's quite similar to that. Yeah, so, so we're all Opeth fans, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just that kind of I guess it's that like um you could say it's a real heavy kind of opeth death metal sound meets some more kind of modern, clean kind of vocals and uh, clean sections. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, some of the stuff I was really digging, especially while we were writing this particular album, I was like listening to a lot of Fallujah and a lot of um, like Nia Bliviscaris as well. Awesome guys. Um, yeah, so bringing a lot more of that sort of like, you know, definitely on the more atmospheric side of like pro death metal kind of thing. So you mentioned the album. Let's let's go to that. When did you start working on this album? Obviously, you released the EP back in 2016. When, when did this album start to uh, you uh, begin the process of it? These are sort of the songs that we've had kicking around since the start. Like, even when we were doing Idol Stream, we had these songs. But they've sort of um, evolved over time to the point that we recorded them, which was mid-2017 now. Well, they've just been... like. The good thing is, like, when we started the band, we were all sort of still, like, developing our skills, doing that sort of thing, and the good thing is, like, the songs have kind of evolved as we have. Yeah. So it's really, like, you know, we're starting to see a lot more of what we want to have the band sound like, whereas if we, you know, if we'd recorded these songs five years ago, it would have been a totally different piece. Yeah, for sure. It's funny, because... You listen to the EP, and you, with some bands, you you there's not quite much going on there. With some bands, like you can like, oh yeah, there's definitely potential. And then there's that transition between the EP album, and it's like the album is just like, yep, yeah, they've they've got it. They've they've made something really good. What kind of lessons did you take from recording that EP? Oh, a lot, um, a lot, but probably not as many lessons as we learned from recording the album to be <laughs> fully realistic. I mean, that's just been the biggest learning curve for us, I think. Yeah, I guess the yeah. thing is, like with the EP, that was entirely done at home. So one good thing about that was we got as much time as we wanted just to sort of like we spent ages just working on, you know, background, sound effects, all that sort of thing, just really trying to make it, uh, you know, and we're... One, it took us ages just to track the stuff properly because we weren't as good as musicians as I feel we are now. Um, but with this album, it's just been like, you know, we did a lot of recording in Melbourne and then we brought it back to Hobart and recorded with a guy locally, like this guy, Joe Haley from Psychropic. Um, yeah, so he sort of finished off our album, but it, it definitely took over a year of sort of on and off work to get it done. Yeah, sure. No, but the the EP was definitely a crash course in uh, tracking ourselves, and we did a lot of yeah. did a lot of tracking ourselves for this album um, at home, which is a great cost effective and also creatively allows you a lot of space to go back and change stuff. And yeah, it kind of eliminated a lot of the pressures of like having studio studio time. You know, we. I've moved these guys track stuff and then we're able to go back and take their time with it. Well, that's it. I feel like because you're paying for studio time, so rather than spending that time recording ourselves, we did all that at home, but we got to sit with the engineer and just, you know, get a lot of that, you know, make sure everything's just mixed really nicely and, you know, have a cool, you know, have all those little stereo effects and stuff like that just to keep it interesting. 
just so it's more than just like a recording it's like a, an album yeah and, and what lessons do you take from making this album that you might take into a next um just i think uh from our perspective we've learned a lot um like engineering wise so we feel pretty confident that we can do a lot of the if we were going to do another album we could do most of it ourselves yeah so that would cut costs for us significantly and also and maybe we just get that chance to be a bit more creative with yeah, what we're doing spend, so not like rush the time we can spend time much more time um getting you know the perfect tag making sure it's the perfect notes and whatever you know and also with the various stages that each of us is in uh, with everything else, apart from the band, it means that we can work around everyone's lifestyles and record at different times and at different paces and, yeah, it makes it a lot easier to, a lot more flexible that way. Yeah. In terms of the actual writing material, how, did, how does that work in the band? Uh, Can I explain it then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sort of um, when, well, for me personally, I get ideas and then I write them into sort of guitar tablature software, which I then distribute to the rest of the band and they give their opinion and whether they like it or not. And then it sort of evolves from that. So I might come up with a song, which is a collection of riffs, and, you know, the, the band will have some input on how it sort of evolves from there and everyone contributes in that sense, like writing riffs and it's all done in that way. So it starts off as a guitar tab and evolves from there. Yeah, so it's just like this process of uh, presenting ideas and reworking ideas over a course of however many weeks or months yeah. or whatever until we could end up with a product that we're all happy with. Yeah. Let's just say that, you know, most of the time it's, you know, it'd be one or two people kind of work on the song like as a framework. And then everyone else chips chips in, sort of help develop it into what you actually hear on the album. Yeah. Because yeah, once we get into the practice room as well with our framework, it always will yeah, change quite significantly because some bits just won't work as well, or, or they won't work the way we thought they would. And with something else, someone might have a spark of inspiration yeah. when we're in the practice room, and they'll change like the the album that we. On on renewal, those songs evolved over like two years, pretty much. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it specifically about sort of you being improved musicians that kind of changes those songs that were you'd been working on from early on? Just, um, I guess, you know, the small details sort of get added in over time. The yeah. stuff that you wouldn't have thought of, but on repeat listens they sort of get added in and add to the whole song especially in terms really of like like arrangement wise like yeah. the big thing is you know it, most of these are pretty long songs so it's hard to find a way to make it sort of feel like it's got that drive and push through the whole thing so we really spent a lot of time and you know on making sure those transitions between all the riffs and song sections just sort of feels natural so it's not like jarring as you're going through it so that was a i feel like we learned a lot from the past album to this one you know just sort of being slightly better musicians at this point and just being able to you know being able to hear the end product and know you're able to achieve that as well has been a good thing so yeah just got the skills to actually get down on recording what what you want to hear 
In terms of the, the shorter songs in the album, then there are quite a few of them. come about it is there like a different way those arise and, and and like what what purpose do they serve in the structure of the album those probably all the shorter songs in the album were part of other songs but we we decided to cut them and turn them into their own song just to um kind of help break the album up a little bit yeah. and provide a bit of contrast between some right. of the heavier sections yeah of the album and it, yeah the, the album does have you know, like we try and keep like musical themes and lyrical themes sort of consistent going through. So it's, you know, it's not an album that you you sit down and just think, oh yeah, all right, I'm gonna listen to this one song and that's it. Like we really, you know, we all grew up on just listening to albums as a whole and sort of sitting down and appreciating music in that way. So that's something we definitely tried to get across. You know, just making sure we've got those tracks in a, the right order to communicate what we want. In terms of lyrics, uh, where, where do they come from in the band? Uh, lyrics sort of uh, come after we've written the music. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, yeah, um, we've all chipped in with lyrics. Um, a lot of it's me and, and Luke. But they're all sort of um, part of this overarching theme. We have this fictional world where these... Um, People worship uh, different gods and they all go to war. And every few hundred years or so, there's a, a self-destruction of mankind and then everything regenerates and it's an endless cycle of that. And that's sort of the theme of the, the album. And um, the songs are really reflections of people that live in that world, like what they're going through and also um, stories of... A man who, you know, album is called The Martyr, and he's sort of trying to change this process. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, I guess it's just like this, you know, this timeline has to repeat itself over and over, um, like for eternity. But, you know, this one time, there's, you know, something's different. There's this one guy who sort of wants to make a bit of a change. So, you know, he sort of sparks this revolution and stopped, you know, sort of stops this cycle from continuing. Yeah. And that's the whole idea of, you know, renewal. It's like he's trying to sort of renew this sort of messed up universe he's in. Mm, was there any particular sources of inspiration for the for the concept behind this? Um, I was, again, the same with the music. It's something, an, an initial idea we had a long time ago, which has sort of evolved, sort of you know, added to it. But, I mean, yeah. 
definitely yeah. like stuff like V for Vendetta and that, you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. Yeah, just, like, yeah, movies about martyrs and trying to overthrow their corrupt society. And we've we've all been into sort of like fantasy and sci-fi and that sort of thing, so it's pretty pretty obviously rips from a lot of those common themes. But you know, we sort of hope it comes from the heart a bit. You know, it's all like genuine stuff from us. Yeah. In terms of vocals, so two questions kind of spring up from that that aspect of the album. There's a lot of so, sections of spoken word. When when did the idea come to include those, and and what's the the function of those in the album? Uh, so they're sort of serving the story, and they're actually a lot of the stuff we used were quotes from a man. I can't remember the name of now. We it's been too important. long. Yeah, <laughs> but his quotes sort of um, are very strongly tied into the theme of the album. And we just thought they really served to um, <clears throat> perpetuate the storytelling of the album quite a lot. And it was just sections that we felt that could really use those spoken word elements, sort of um, for pacing. Yeah, because there is this. Uh, a lot of the album is, you know, singing uh, most of the time, so it's nice to have, you know, not quite instrumental breaks but have something there to kind of push it along but they kind of serve the same purpose as those uh, as the transitional kind of um, transitional pieces on the album they're just there to help kind of uh, break up break it up a little bit and help to kind of um, tell the narrative that we're trying to speak, talk about throughout the yeah. whole um, length of the album I guess saying like you know they're not they're not all sort of just random stuff they're definitely set to the songs like saying a song like Catalyst um, you've got the one of the lines in that, this spoken word line, it's like the snake that cannot shed its skin has to die. So it's sort of like, in a way, it's like the martyr's way of saying that, look, if this sort of like this cycle doesn't stop, you know, this is not like it's not feasible to, to keep this going. So I guess you can think of them as like storytelling aids. Yeah. If you want to like have a synopsis of it. Mm, mm, mm. Um, when did you decide you want to add uh, Victoria Graves' vocals to the mix? Uh, well, um, he's, he's the sister of a really close friend of mine, and uh, we were doing a song sort of in between Idol's Dream um, and this album. We really? never actually got released. Yeah, but, we never probably released it, but it um, happened. We always knew we wanted a female vocalist for that song. And we were struggling and struggling to find someone, and then it finally clicked, and I knew this guy, my mate, um, who had a sister who was a really strong vocalist, and she was happy to um, provide her pipes for that song, which we were really impressed with. So we decided um, for this album that we'll just get her along to do some more vocals, which we really liked, and thought they really um, enriched the album. Yeah. I think we've uh, always found the idea of the female vocals uh, really interesting because um, it's quite uh, rare in the heavier uh, forms of music and it creates quite a nice bit of contrast and um, smooths, smoothens out a lot of, uh, you know, I reckon, I think they really blend with Ben's vocals really well and... Yeah, just add a whole other dynamic that we would have been without. I guess that's it. It's like 
it's pretty rare getting I mean it's rare as far as I know getting like totally clean female vocals over some you know some pretty heavy death metal stuff at times so that's something that you know is sort of a bit different Joe Haley as you've mentioned he helped you finish off the album how'd you kind of get involved with him uh, he's just a local Hobart lad uh like, some, some of us had worked with him previously. Like I, 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 I did the mastering for an album that I released with a band a couple of years ago, and I was we all I was like stoked with his work, and so we were, I guess it's just like we knew we knew him locally, and because of Psychroptic, um, we knew he was doing mixing and mastering and stuff, so we figured yeah. it'd be a good choice to at least approach about it. Yeah, Psychroptic are pretty pretty huge uh, in Hobart, as you know, being the local guys that um, you know they're they're the success story really. Um, and, um, you know, I got guitar lessons from Joe a while ago when I was, when I was younger and he's just, um, really, really easy to work with. That's it. He's like a brutal guitarist, um, you know, in one of the heaviest bands out there, but he's just such like a, you know, such a chill, like such a nice sort of guy. So it's really easy to work with. Yeah. Super, super professional too. Oh yeah. Kind yeah. of asking, but you know, I kind of talked to him about an idea that we had for mixing and it was just straight up. He always was on the ball and just a real pleasure to work with. Um, to round some other aspects of the album out, uh, where does the title come from? I know we've obviously talked about the concept, um, there's a song in the album, but like specifically, how did you decide Renewal? And that's the title we want. Uh, well, we had a the, the track Renewal. And um, basically, we were thinking of names for the album and we weren't originally going to have a title track but we just thought that sort of summed up everything that the album's about so we kind of just thought it has to be that it's basically you know it's that one point that you know suddenly this universe there's that big change in it um so you know that's the significant event in this particular story so we just want to sort of highlight that for the title and that's you know if you if you really get stuck in and you just pick apart the lyrics however you want. I mean, you can. a lot of it's up to interpretation, but if you pick up the, pick apart the lyrics, you'll get that sense that, you know, things were dark and now they're starting to get better. For the artwork, who did you get to do that and what was their brief? Uh, so we got the talents of Adrian Baxter to do the front cover. Yeah. And we had the idea of the snake which is something we all sort of came up with. Yeah. Um, snake sort of in the theme of regeneration so that they had the dead roots at the bottom of the album. Um, and then you've got <clears throat> the flourishing flowers coming up and the snake coming out of the flowers. And I don't know if you've noticed, but in the corner of each, um, in each corner of the um, album cover, there's four different symbols and they each represent one of the four gods that is a part of the universe. Um, yeah, but I guess growing up in Tassie as well, it's like snakes are pretty common down here, as well as you know yeah. this native plant that is our namesake. It just kind of was, but also the way the the flowers working with the um, you know the the deadliness of the of, of a you know some of Tasmania's snakes which are the deadliest in the world and it kind of you know met up nicely with our themes and goals as a band um yeah. so it was it's kind of worked out perfectly yeah yeah we, we are sort of just 
you know, we, we love the state that we live in, Tasmania, so we're sort of keen to promote it however we can through through metal, really. Yeah. Mm. Um, but in the the physical copy of the album, which we should have released soon, um, in the booklet of that, we actually have the artwork of another artist called um, Nesta Avalos, and he's done his interpretation of the Four Gods, which um, is featured in the, the booklet. So, Charlie joined the band a little bit after Jason left. How did you get involved with the band? Um, well, I'd been I'd worked with Alistair for quite a few years. We'd gone to uh, music school together, and he'd been one of my really close friends for a very long time. And through him, I knew of Luke, who I'd, we'd all played. I'd played in a band previously that we played gigs with the old lineup of Scaparia. And just kind of one thing led to another, and I kind of they asked me if I'd be interested in coming along and having a hit, and ended up having a great time and really loving the music. So yeah, it's the rest is history. So I always like to browse around. If there's any other kind of notes that I can add at the top of the the show, Do you, is there any live uh, shows you've got planned for the future? Well, yeah, this year we're sort of got uh, a tour in mind that we want to organise, but. As of yet, we haven't sort of organised any dates for that, no. but um, that's definitely the next thing we want to plan. Yeah, yeah. spent spent the time trying to make the music right, you know, making sure we've got something good to sort of to put out that we're happy to put our name behind. Yeah. So now we've got that, you know, it's all about, you know, just making sure that there's a live show just to match the music. So, you know, really spending a lot of time, you know, putting together a few, like, you know, backing parts, having, you know, having a great light show, you know, consistent light show that we can take between each gig. Um, just really trying to make it more of a, like, a proper performance, like a stage performance, rather than just a bunch of hairy dudes getting up on stage and playing metal. So just to answer your question, we'll have some, like, hopefully have some, like, tour dates and gigs and stuff coming in the next couple of months. Yeah. Just once we kind of finalise all the details of how we want to present the album. But yeah. we'll be over to the mainland. This year, like yeah, first half of this year for sure, I yeah. reckon. That's, uh, that's the plan because we 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 just want to we just want to get out there. Like we've done the recording, and we're 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 keen to play. So we've we've programmed the light show ourselves. That was really fun, um, uh, and yeah, really keen to get over there. I often ask bands like what they're trying to do when they're playing a show. Why is it important for you guys that it not be just a collection of songs played by a bunch of guys, but a, a, a proper sort of show with with thought to like lighting and stuff like that? I guess we're just trying to see like how far we can take performance and how professional and how tight we can make something appear and sound. We kind of spend so much time getting the album right that it becomes really important to us to have a show that kind of matches that level of attention yeah, exactly. to detail. We just we want we want to be able to produce, be proud of every aspect of the performance and every aspect of the music that we produce. I think I think all of us are kind of a little little bit perfectionist with the way we the way we look at it, and um, you know just having the option of doing a light show and stuff there, like we had to do it because it was there, and we found an easiest way to to set it up. Um, but I guess the other thing is like you know. Uh, none of us are, you know, the more the classical, like, um, we're not really, um, 
We're not like purist heavy metal guys, most of us. Like we're yeah. into that, but we kind of wanted to incorporate aspects of like all the music that we're into, and you know, yeah, just, we wanted yeah. to like wanted to we amalgamate a lot of different ideas and stuff to into every aspect. None of us are the kind. Of, yeah, none of us are kind of the guys that would rip our shirts off on stage. I don't know about that. Yeah, that way, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But um, it just it just means that um, it's just extra stuff we can put in wherever we can and make that makes it. Uh, much much more fun for us yeah and i guess one more thing as well is like we've played a few gigs where we've had just awesome sound and like a wicked light show behind us and it's just so much easier to lose yourself as a, a musician when you play those gigs like they just feel so good you know it feels like that's what we've actually been really working for all this time so we just want to do what we can to to keep doing more gigs that are just like you know fun for us but at the same time you know not just like us trying to show off our music or anything, it's really like an experience for people that they can go away and actually remember the show. Mm. That's really the goal for us, that and like what we think is good music. Yeah, because we're all massive fans and of going to to live shows and, you know, we just, we, we sat down and we, we talked about what we liked and didn't like about certain shows that we had seen and... Um, and yeah, what made them stick with us? And we just thought, you know, whatever we can add to to make it more memorable, like we should just go for, just go go for go for as much as we can. And if we want to tone it back in the future, we can. But to just have that option there is yeah, really good. Yeah.
kind of go around uh, the table, as it were, um, and kind of get your guys' perspective on a couple of different topics. So there seems to be a little bit of variety in the kind of music you guys are interested in. I wanted to you just talk a little bit about like how you first got into the music you're passionate about, uh, whether it be heavy or other, and, and what is it that, about it that att- attracts you to it? That was Josh. Yeah, look, um, I think uh, when, I, when I really started listening to, to heavy and progressive music, might have been when, um, you know, when I was a... At 13, and my, my dad was really into it. And I thought it was um, a bit interesting because um, uh, my dad at the time was a, a business banker, a, a corporate professional, and I thought, well, this is really interesting. He's into you know, this this alter- alternative sort of music, and him being a drummer himself, um, you know, I think I got a lot of um, inspiration to just just play and in, in, and enjoy it. Um, I mean, I, I'm I, I was really into. You know a lot of the um, the old school um, uh, death metal, metal music, um, and sort of as I grew up, I started getting into you know, a porcupine tree and a and, and Opeth and all those other sort of um, all those other sort of bands. And yeah, I think it's just kind of kind of gone from there. Um, yeah, Charlie here. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I guess my take on it is like I um I was always into like any kind of music that held my interest. Um, so from a young age, you know, I was always the grew my hair out and wanted to like play fast guitar and listen to this kind of heavy music. But at the same time, I was also really um, interested in like uh, jazz guitar and you know funk and anything that I could like kind of get my teeth into, I guess you could say. Um, and so I guess like after having like I studied jazz and played guitar in multiple funk bands and stuff, I guess heavy metal and that kind of te- this kind of technical music just presented another challenge and something else that I am really interested in. It just was just it's just a, another platform for expressing a kind of a, a musical idea and the kind of a way I want to play and pursue playing the guitar. Hmm. Um, I guess for me, this is Al. Um, I guess for me, like I I I went through high school uh, playing in like a Metallica cover band. Um, always loved metal from the first time I heard it, but um, going into Going into a bit later, like I really started uh, loving and finding new um, bands, like um, kind of the early prog bands, like Yes and you know Rush and all those guys. And I really just loved their use of um, off the wall time signatures and textural variety. Like I really liked use of different textures and stuff like that and it just seemed like I've stumbled upon you know uh you know listening listening to Opeth and a few other bands it just hit me that that's like the perfect it was just the perfect combination of a few different um of those different genres that I really loved so it just kind of made perfect sense and you know luckily I found a bunch of guys who felt the same way um yeah so it's Luke here um, yeah, I've I've got a weird musical background. Like as a kid, you know, Dad always used to chuck on heaps of blues CDs and that sort of thing. So I was always just listening to you know blues like Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, all the, the sort of like really old blues guys, and I sort of just absorbed a lot of that stuff, but never really like played music. Um, and after that, you know, I sort of got into high school, started getting into 
I know, just weird bands like Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that. So, you know, not metal at all. It was sort of when I started playing guitar and learning a bit about guitar soloing, I got into, you know, some of those, like, instrumental rock guys like you know, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, um, and that led me on to John Petrucci from Dream Theatre, and that was, like, you know, as soon as I saw that band, that was just, you know, a big moment for me. So I had a couple of years of just smashing Dream Theatre. Um, and I guess from there, you know, Dream Theatre, that kind of progressive metal sound just opens you up to so many different bands because they, you know, introduce you to so many different styles, you know. Um, moved, definitely moved into some of the sort of heavier sides of some of the bands after that, like Between the Buried and Me. Um, you know, Opeth was a big one for me, of course. Um, and from there, yeah, just sort of kept going down the rabbit hole, you know, more e more recently I've just been into stuff like Nebula Viscaris, Belusia, um, yeah, you know, all that sort of really, I know, it's it's metal but with a lot of a lot of thought that's gone into it. But, yeah, I, I like pretty much anything, and that's me. Uh, yeah, Ben here, like, um, I guess in high school and college I was sort of into, like, thrash metal, death metal, like, you know, Morbid Angel and Creator and that kind of stuff, like, <clears throat> really heavy stuff, but I was also into, like, really melodic stuff, you know, I love banging choruses and all that kind of stuff. And then later on, I sort of got into prog because it sort of had a bit of both of those worlds, um, which I really enjoy. And <clears throat> so I got into bands like Opeth, and I just kept trying to find more and more bands that sort of suit that niche that I really like. Um, and I spent a lot of time sort of researching new bands, trying to find new artists that I really like and that sort of nowadays I listen to sort of the lesser known artists I guess all you guys playing instruments um you know I think generally it's it's a fairly similar answer about getting into it in school um obviously add anything if, if it's a little bit different for you but I, I think the more important question is why did you stick with it what sort of resonance did it hold for you guys that it meant that you wanted to keep playing it uh, and sort of pursue it in a greater degree? I guess, um, like Luke here, I guess the thing for me is it's just like it's rare, especially in a small state like Tassie, it's rare to find just a bunch of guys with like different interests but in a way sort of like with a similar vision for a band and like everyone's just so motivated to do it. Everyone wants to write original music that you know, that they feel passionate about that, you know, we don't feel is just trying to jump on board a trend or, you know, pay the bills or do anything like that. It's basically just a bunch of, you know, bunch of guys, bunch of mates we can all hang out with, have a good time and also write music that we care about. Yeah, um, Al here. Yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of people would, would like to say that it's the the push of you know, pushing your creative boundaries and stuff like that, but yeah, for me, it's it's primarily been yeah, just the people, you know, the the people that you meet along the way who are just all tied together with that with that same interest, and you immediately click, and it's you know you're able to do something together that you love. But it's certainly also like um, finding new music, you know, that you're really interested in, exploring it, playing it. Um, you know, letting that push your um, your technical ability, 
is all really engaging and yeah, it keeps you to it. So yeah, I suppose it's also we just find ourselves in the fortunate position of like uh, being in a band with people that we all have, we're all on the same page, we all have the same kind of goals, and we all we all get along with each other, and we're all just as committed to it as each other, which is just. Anyone who's worked in a band will know just how rare of a thing that is to find people who are willing to put put the time in and kind of work really well together. Um, and and Ben, uh, you know, single you out because vocals I often feel are kind of unique in this sort of kind of a band. When do you start doing them? And, and like, when do you start pursuing the kind of two different sides of that the the heavier side and the more melodic side? Um. Well, um, in school, I was, you know, sort of always forced to go on choirs and stuff, so I had a bit of a singing background there. And then with death metal, I kind of listened to that, you know, and just tried to mimic it, I guess, and come up with my own style, and it's something that I've refined over time. And You guys have talked a little bit about your kind of love of Tasmania. I wanted you to kind of expand on that. Like, what, what was it? What is it that's sort of meaningful to you guys about about Tasmania? How does that kind of inform um, the work that you do? Uh, well, I guess it's because Tasmania is such you know, has a vast wilderness. And, you know, it's very mountainous. We're all sort of keen on camping and outdoor activities, so. I guess we draw a lot of inspiration from the isolation of those wildernesses, I guess. And, and the kind of the, the uniqueness of Tasmania's yeah, the, kind of native flora and fauna and just how pristine and kind of beautiful Tasmania is as a place. I think as well, uh, for metal as well, like Tasmania has a lot of similarities to those Scandinavian countries where, you know, it, it, where metal is is the most popular it is in the world, you know. Like, um, you know, you think about Finland or um, Norway and it's it's the same. It's the remoteness. It's the mountains. Um, it, it really lends... That image really lends itself to the music uh, in a very complimentary way. And, yeah, the fact that in Hobart you can drive for half an hour and you're, you're in that wilderness... Um, try five minutes. Try five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah to the top of the mountain. And I suppose um, Tasmanian yeah. bushland can also like can also be a very kind of harsh, unforgiving kind of place. And you know, there's a lot of really poisonous, kind of dangerous animals and stuff around. Yeah. I guess when you consider the weather in Tasmania, it's constantly changing at the click of the thumb, which is sort of how our music is, I guess. Mm. So yeah, I guess you got you know you got this epic sort of you know almost sort of dangerous mysterious scenery, which is really just like it's inspiring for for writing what we hope is epic music. What have you guys been listening to, reading, or, or watching lately? Um, a lot of Behemoth, I think. I think that's 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 yeah. one between all members and band um, at the moment. A lot of Behemoth. Um, um, yeah, been really digging. The Ocean's new album, um, the Paleozoic album. I think that's probably one of my favourite albums that came out last year. And that's sort of one we've been listening to quite a lot. Great new album from Alkaloid this year as well. Yeah. Um, been digging that. Also, um, shout out again to Joe from Psychroptic on their um, album they released late last year. That was an you know, absolute killer and 
um, cop, been copying that a fair bit. Yeah, really, yeah. Really great album. Yeah, like surely, you know, that's what, that's got to be one of the top metal albums of all time. Like it's just so developed and well rounded, and it's like the playing on it's just extreme. So, yeah, they've done an awesome job with that.
That was Elucidity. Before that, we heard Fallen, and the first track was Renewal from the album Renewal by Scoparia. Thanks to all the guys for getting together. It can be really difficult, um, all people living their separate lives, and I really appreciate them sort of gathering together for one night and uh, having a chat with me. Really, really cool conversation with the, the boys from Hobart. Um, that's all I've got time for today. If you want to get in touch with me, social media, Oz Hunger on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can also send me an email, australianhunger at gmail.com um, if you're a band who's interested in an interview send me an email and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can work something out but for now um, in many more interviews to come bye bye